The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzhak Silber, Dayan and author of The Code of Jewish Conduct, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. If a yid walks over to his friend's animal and uses it, maybe for transporting some merchandise or for riding on it or for plowing his field and the alike, and he returns it to the owner, he has been over Leisigzel, Leisignoiv, he's been over on a negative commandment of the Torah. However, he does not have to pay anything. He has not, the owner has not suffered any loss. The animal has not got weakened. He's given it back the same way as he took it. This is called a shayl shaloi das, somebody who borrows something without permission. Uh, he's called a, ga- a gazlan. He has to give it back to, he has to take full responsibility for anything that may happen to it until he gives it back. He will be chayv even on a real oinus, just like a gazlan. However, having said what we've just said, if this person who took the animal has is hukzik bekach, he often gets up to this. He often steals things and doesn't return what uh, what belongs to other people. And he's been doing these things time and again. We will give him a knas. We will estimate the fee, the rental fee, for that kind of job that he did. Or we will estimate how much he improved, what, what he did with that work, how much he gained from what he did. And he will have to pay that amount of money to the person, to the owner of the animal. This is a knas, it's a fine. Um, let's take a possibly common scenario. A uh, little boy walking down the street and he's got his father's pen and you're standing there talking to someone you've just got to give him a check and this little boy will wait um, 10 seconds while you write the check with a pen you haven't got a pen on you nor has the person you have to give the check to got a pen on him so this little boy is going by and you stop him for a second say excuse me lad can I borrow your pen for a minute and he says yes Uh, it's not my pen it's my father's pen oh if it would be his pen, maybe if he's six, seven, eight years old, he understands a little bit of give and take in life, how to do a bit of business. You'd probably be allowed to take the pen from him if it's his pen. But the trouble is, it's his father's pen. If you take his father's pen, you're a shoyal, shaloi das. That's if his father doesn't allow you to, to take it. It may be that it's such a small thing, we're getting to that, so that the father doesn't mind. Uh, even then, when if you take this this whatever it is from the child, you you take his his measuring stick and measure something. Uh, you take something off a child, and you used it. So you, because you had no permission, no knowledge, the father has no knowledge of you you taking his article from his son. You had no permission from the father. You are a shoyal shleik midas. That makes you into a gazlan, meaning that you are chayev ba'oinsim until you return it to its owner. So if it gets struck by lightning, this ruler, this measuring stick, or this pen, or whatever else, a, a, a big tall guy comes by and snatches it off you and runs off with it, whatever it is, 
you are chayev ba'insim until you give it back to the father. If you gave it back to the child and it got lost or broken in the child's hands, or, you know, before it got back to the father, you will be chayev to pay the father because you gave it back to somebody who's not a bendas, who can't do a proper shmira, who's not the owner of it. And a ganif has to give it back to the owner. Um, in those days it was spoken about as a take of Sfinosai but let's talk about a car. Somebody stole somebody else's car and he travelled around with it, transported stuff with it, whatever you want. This car is not up for rental. It's his own personal car. Okay, so you don't have to pay the rental fee, which might be, you know, sixty dollars a day or whatever. However, if there was wear and tear if uh, you will have to pay for the depreciation in value that the car underwent when it was with you. Um, even if the car is up for rental, $60 a day, just when you took the car, you took it knowing that you're a thief, or you took it just to borrow it but without permission, so then you're a guzzlin. And if you're a guzzlin, you still do not pay the rental fee. All you'll pay is the depreciation in value, if there is. That might be more than you were expecting. That might be less than you were expecting. Uh, nowadays, so if you did take someone's car, you jolly well are going to pay for the gas, for the petrol. You, um, what, what would be, if you took someone's car without permission, there might be road tax, there might be insurance, there might be all kinds of other expenses that you might have to pay um, okay but the pchas, the, the depreciation of the value is, is what you have to pay unless if it's up for rent and you well let's see, let's go a bit further a car that is up for rent and you came along and took it just without permission thinking that you will pay the rental fee $60 a day so, but you didn't get permission, you didn't go to the man at the desk and give me a credit card and that way, you'll pay when you get back. You took it to rent and you want to rent it, but without permission. The bailim turns up and he says, oh no, you took that one, that one I need today for somebody else, or I need it for myself, or whatever it is. He will decide, either please give me it back and pay for the depreciation, or you can, yes, you can have the car, just pay me the rental fee. Uh, of course, if you had a crash with it, if there was a road accident or something, so then he would prefer to say, give me the difference in value, the depreciation value. You might anyway have a dinner for Muzik, but even if someone else hit you and we know who he is, a, ni a nice from you that he's willing to pay, you, you might have to deal with him because the owner will just say, you give me back my car and it's depreciated value, um, the, the amount that it depreciated. Um, even if you took this car to steal it or borrow it without paying a rental fee, but then you went and rented it to somebody else. You sub-rented it to somebody else and you gained money from that. So you gave it maybe for $48 a day or for all I know for $102 a day. Whatever it is, that money that you gained, you have to give back to the real owner. They were not Masakan Takonas Hashovim by Schar, because Schar doesn't, doesn't the, the, the fee that you got, the rental fee that you got for renting out that car, did not come because of 
work that you did on the actual gazella, it's it is it is it's um, it's standing there ready to be rented out. It came from elsewhere. This extra schar. It's like the uh, if you steal something, it goes up or down in value. So if it goes up in value, you give it back with its appreciated value to its owner. Here too, the schar which you didn't work for, there's no takonos hashavim, and you have to pay that schar. So you stole the car. You stole it for stealing purposes, which would usually say if you give back the car the way you took it, it's, you don't have to pay anything. But because you rented it out, money came in, you earned on that stolen car. That money you earned, you have to give to the rightful owner. Uh, there is a takona, a tanai based in, that a man, a person, is allowed to save himself using his friend's money. You can save your own money using your friend's possessions if you do this on condition to pay, this is a sugya in hakoinus that I would not like to go into right now, but you can save your own money by, putting, by, by ruining other people's money if you are doing that on condition to pay. You're willing to pay every penny. So if you used someone else's uh, articles for this, you went and took your friend's car to save your own whatever, uh, a case full of diamonds, so you used your friend's thing to save your own money, thinking, I will pay afterwards. Your din is not like a gazelin. Your din is like a soicha bereshus. It's almost as if your neighbor's Cadillac is up for rental and you have rented it for these two and a half hours that it took you to make your getaway. And you will pay rental costs, not depreciation of the car that happened because of the omelocha depreciation in the value due to damages that you caused, to wear and tear or damages that you caused. Um, if an owner, if while you are renting without his consent or whatever, you are renting his stuff and he turns up and says, hey, I need that for, or if, if he usually rents out his car because he bought a car and the way he covers the expenses is by renting it out to people, uh, but today he really needs his car for a chasna, then it, does, it has a din of a car that is not oimed l'schiras, not of a car that's oimed l'schiras. Um, what about, uh, we spoke before about a pen, and maybe it was not such a good example. What about if uh, your, your chavrusa has gone out for a second, and you need desperately to pencil, pencil in the margin of your gomorrah, this, uh, the loshen of this Rebekiva Ege you've just seen, uh, Yechav Russell would certainly let you use his, his pencil. The truth is, a bit of the lead goes down, so I'm not sure this is such a good idea. But uh, it, it's, it might be more than just She'ela Shalemi Das, because you're actually taking some of the lead. Okay, his, uh, whatever it is, he, you're sure that he would let you use this article. Or you knock on the neighbor's door and you say, Have you got a hammer? And they, uh, they say, I'm sorry, my daddy's not home. Yeah, but he's got a hammer anyway. Yeah, he's got a hammer, and they give you the hammer. Can you use the daddy's hammer? without asking permission from Daddy, who's not home right now. So the, what comes out from the, the, uh, the Ramor in Shimpei Aleph, in the Beis Yosef, and then there's an Asivas, Archimotion and Asivas, it would be allowed to use a article, a utensil, or his friend's stuff, his friend's things, without him knowing about it, in a case where he would probably allow you to do so, and there is no doubt whatsoever that he will not be particular about it. He would, he would probably let you use it. We have no reason to think that he would be particular about it. Uh, the truth is, that's how Kalal Yisrael were always naig. You do knock on the neighbor's door and ask if they've got their bike pump, and they give you their boy's bike pump without asking him, or the hammer, whatever it is. 
that's the way things go. Even though he's not home right now, they will people will lend things out. Um, people like to benefit other people with their with their with their possessions. However, if you want to eat, uh, if if you've arrived in someone's office and his worker is offering you to eat, to devour devour the whole fruit bowl, actually actual stealing things, not just she'ela, but actually eating the apples, like I was saying before about using the lead of the pencil. So if if it's if it's that you're actually going to devour what you've been given. And uh, there's doubt whether the owner would allow that or not. So that, that would run into different halachas. That's uh, a toysvus and a hagwas, a and a modcha in the beginning of Eilu Metzias. There's a run and a rajbon ritva over there. That, that shach is in shin and ches that may allow you. Um, may allow you to have it anyway if you're sure that the balabais would allow. There is a, a seif in Shulchan Aruch in Hilchas that's a... A uh, child of uh, of a balabais can give a slice of bread to an oni, so can a worker. Uh, that's no problem because she came minig balabatim. Yeah. So if he would definitely allow, if he, if he would if he would let you use this anyway, so he would be allowed to use it. Okay. Kiu mitzvah. Um, there are cases that a person will be allowed to take other people's possessions in order to fulfill mitzvahs with them. Um, for instance, you know, if we, we, the Chazal really, as I've said before, were the best psychologists and they were Yerid L'Seif Dati Shalodom and they knew that a person is very happy to have mitzvahs done with his possessions. If I'm not home on the third day Sukkot Cholomoyed and a Yid knocks on my door and tells my wife he hasn't shaken Lulav yet today and it's ten minutes before Shkir, I would be the happiest man in the world to hear that another Yid managed to do Mitzvah's Lulav with my Lulav today. So it, my wife would be able to give them the Lulav. So a person likes to have Mitzvah's done with his possessions. And therefore, the Chazal said that you can take other people's possessions in order to do mitzvahs with them, certain mitzvahs, certain possessions. This is on condition that you don't cause him any loss or damage. So if you are using his lulav, be very careful that you don't poke the ceiling or something with it. Um, okay, so there are, there are such mitzvahs. There are also mitzvahs that we need that the article that the mitzvah is done with belong to, we need it to belong to you. Otherwise, you're not Makai in the mitzvah. Like Arba Saminim, your Lulav and Esrig on the first day of Sukkot has to be yours. You can't use a borrowed one. The matzah that you eat on Leil Pesach, Leil HaSedar, has to be your matzah. You can't, you can't borrow it, and it's got to be yours. The tzitzis, the strings that you put, you attach to your Arba Kamfas, to your Beged, they need to be yours. Uh, so you can't be Mekayim, the mitzvah, if it's somebody else's. Um, <clears throat> not only that, if you've bought it and the, the person who sold it to you only sold it to you because he was desperate for money and he, he told you to pay immediately and now you're schlepping, it's a few days on or whatever and he's coming knocking on your door a few times asking you for the money, can you please pay and you haven't paid, it might not be yours yet because Ayelvanofik uh, Kazuza is not yours. So you need to be very careful these things should really be yours. Uh, if someone had a sukkah built on the back of a wagon, you know, an open-top truck, 
or a a on built on a ship or something which it's it's movable you can you can steal the whole truck you can steal the whole ship it's uh if if it's built so, so say and you ran off and stole the whole thing you cannot be mekayim it's a sukkah with this with this uh truck you haven't you haven't acquired it and, and it's not yours of course the sukkah on the ground you can't steal because cocaine and exela so you sit in there and you use the sukkah and you haven't stolen it it's it's remained his okay so there are <coughs> the the um, there, there are mitzvahs that you can you, you can be mekayim with other people's articles there are mitzvahs that you cannot um, one other thing I'd like to say is that even a mitzvah that you can be mekayim with other people's articles, that's only if you just borrow it through the mitzvah, not if you steal it. You can borrow someone's tefillin and put them on and use them and make a bracha on them, and that's fine, even though he doesn't need, he doesn't, he doesn't know about it. Um, that's so long as you put it back in the same place and you're very careful with them. But if you stole tefillin, you're not yaitza with stolen tefillin. You're not yotze with a stolen mezuzah either. If you've got stolen mezuzahs on your house, you're not yotze. It's as if the house is not being guarded by the Shema Dalsis Yisrael. Okay, so um, that's only if you see it. But if you actually stole the article to do the mitzvah with, so then you, the, it's, it's not... Uh, even though we don't need that the... Like lulav on the first day, that the lulav should be yours. We're talking about lulav on the second day, that it doesn't need to be yours. If you've stolen it, you can't do the mitzvah with it. Because it's a mitzvah habab avera, and anything which is a mitzvah habab avera is a is is possible to do the mitzvah. This psal is even after yush. Even after yush, it's still a mitzvah habab avera, and you cannot do the mitzvah with it. After yush and a shinui, if there is a shinui together with yush, then there's a machleik saposkim if you you, you can be makayim the mitzvah and make a bracha on it or not, or maybe you still can't make a bracha because it's most to make a bracha on a stolen thing. Uh, you certainly shouldn't be making a bracha. If you stole food, you're not allowed to make a bracha on it. Stolen food, you cannot make a bracha on stolen food. Not a bracha at the beginning, not a bracha at the end. If you must eat stolen food, eat it without a bracha. Okay, so you can take somebody else's talus and use it to be misatef with, without his knowledge. Uh, you could even make a bracha on it, according to many opinions. You have to put it back carefully, fold it up nicely, and put it back carefully the way you found it. Don't take it out into a different place. You can only use it while you're there. Uh, they only allow this if it's a one-off thing. They didn't allow you to make a strong habit of doing this all the time. Uh, that's when you are borrowing the talus. As we say, if you steal the talus, not. And also, if you steal the tzitzis, the tzitzis strings have to be yours too. Shafer, you can take somebody's shafer without his knowledge, to be able to do the main tekiahs for Rosh Hashanah. Uh, even though you're not allowed to steal a shoifa, if you did steal it and you blew, so you've been lishmaya koil shoifa, you can't steal the shmir of the shoifa, and even if it was before Yush, uh, you haven't stolen the coil, you will be yoitza. But l'chatchila, you should not be using a stolen shoifa to blow, and you certainly shouldn't make a bracha on it. As we said, you could use your friend's lulav without his knowledge from the second day of Sukkot onwards, and you'll have a din of a shoyal. And as we said, you put it back nicely, don't take it out of the place. Just on the first day, it has to be yours. Um, 
what about, if we're talking anyway about Sukkot, I would like to mention there's a Kafa Chaim. The Kafa Chaim says that people have made nice parks for, to, to go, go for walks in. Uh, you're not allowed to cut flowers or trees um, because you were only given Rishus to walk around in these parks, not to go chopping things down. Certainly nowadays when people go looking for Arovis or Sukkot, they should not be cutting these things down from public places without official permission or, or if, if by law you're allowed to do so. Certainly if there is a, if it's a big signpost up there saying nobody is allowed to take without permission. Um, I would like to talk about Sforim. There's a lot in the Poskim about not being allowed to use a, a safer that's been deposited with you unless if you're a Talmud Chochem and it's a rare safer and it was deposited to you probably with the knowledge that you're going to want to use it. Um, okay, you're not, not, you're not allowed to study from a safer, a book that your friend's, uh, your friend's book without his knowledge, even if it is just temporary, derech arai, it's not permanent uh, usage, it's just a temporary usage, just for the while. You're not allowed to, we're worried you might tear things. People are makbid on this. That is what the Ramah says in Erechaim, in Yudalad. Okay, the Prima Godim adds that this is also, it's also osa to daven from a siddha, from your friend's siddha, without his permission. Uh, the Prima Godim was, was wondering how people are makal in that, in, the, in his day. Uh, 200 years ago, siddurim, if any of you have ever found them in Seamus boxes or have, air, have family heirlooms, the binding was weaker than nowadays, the paper was poorer quality, uh, Sforim were, were, were very expensive. The Makar Chaim says that if you want to take a Sefer to learn in it, you know, to use it on a regular basis, that you're not allowed to. But if you just want to use a Siddur, the one-off time, that you would be allowed to. Uh, the Orcha Shulchan, there was already a lot of uh, printing, was a bit much cheaper already by his day, and it was, there was a lot more Sforim. The Orcha Shulchan already writes that most of the world are not makpid if you just use their Siddur or Machsa without permission. Of course, we're not talking about coming running in using his Yom Kippur Machsa for Yom Kippur Mincha and he's left there without a Machsa and can't have him because he doesn't know it by heart. We're talking about in a case where there's certainly no reason to think that there should be a Kapeda. Um, the Orcha Shulchan and Simon Ayin Base says that nowadays Sforim are printed and very commonplace. They're, very, they're, they're all over the place, and pe- you, people could learn. People, it is muta to learn for a little while in your friend's Sforim without his permission, just like Talis and Tfilin in those days or nowadays too, unless if you know that he is Makpid. Okay, I would like to say that between the Orcha Shulchan's days where he was robbing Russia down to nowadays, uh, printing, especially with the last few years with high tech, has got very quick, very cheap, very easy. There are thousands and thousands of sheeps for him all over the place. Oz Yurananu Atze Hayoar, that they're being used for Sforim Akdashim. And uh, they're very cheap, very easy to get a hold of. They don't get ruined. The binding is strong, the paper is strong. If, unless if you know that the bailim is makpid, you could probably use their sforim. It could, just like a talus in, in those days. Unless if he is written inside, please don't use without permission.
or please ask for permission before you use or something like that. If he's written inside, please written, only use it where you find it or please put it back in its place when you're finished using. That you don't need permission for. That you, that, um, even if you do have permission, even if mitzvah, that people should do mitzvahs with their mom and you'd anyway have to put it back in the right place in the place where you find it, found it and wouldn't be able to take it out of that place. So nowadays I would like to suggest that people don't mind. On the other hand, you might have a yeshiva bocha whose gemara that he needs to use for, for, you know, for his three and a half hour seder two or three times a day. And if, he, if someone else takes out the bench and uses it, ten, got there ten minutes before him, he's left a whole seder and trying to find it, looking around for it, hasn't got his, his notes that he's penciled in in the, in the margins, he might get very upset about it. You might just have... Uh, you, there, may, there may be some reason why the owner... Okay, that's not the, a normal average case when there's no reason to think that you are... You are um, take it, that anybody has any reason to be particular about this. It would seem that nowadays... If somebody left this for him in a public place, he does not mind if you use them. If you are using his apartment over Shabbos or something like that, it would seem that he would allow you nichelele inish that he should have a mitzvah done with his svarim and he's not makpid. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service educational seminars or media, please call 1-888-485-VAAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at thehalachacenter.org.